You are listening to Mark Hatmaker Rough and Tumble Raconteur. This is a grab bag of old school Western martial arts, resurrected indigenous ways and empirical musings tinged with a heavy dose of respect, admiration, let's call it hero worship, for these hosses of yore. Hey crew, this is Mark Hattenmaker coming to you from the Comancheria. Today, let's talk a little bit about some combat conditioning, uh, a tool that I think all of us have used or still use, or maybe why you might, uh, if you're an experienced athlete, why you may not need it. We're going to be talking about push-ups. Uh, we originally offered this as a blog offering called The Disutility of Push-ups, and uh, this is pretty much a revised version of that. All the information there holds, I had a few questions in there, very kind people going, oh, that's interesting, what about this? And we folded some of those questions into this to make it perhaps a bit more complete, compact, tighter animal if you'd like to have the actual blog version of it. I'll link to it and you can have a look. And obviously, uh, we advocate different ways to condition things. We do that with our unloaded conditioning, which is really based on old school principles, backed up by the new science. And again, we will link to that sort of thing as well. This is a wonderful world. We can just keep linking footnotes and references instead of just keep sending someone out to the Library of Congress. All right, let's uh, go ahead and do this. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Question number one, do you do push-ups as part of your combat conditioning fitness regimen? Question number two, do you consider yourself at least an intermediate athlete that is of average fitness level or above? Well, if you answered yes to both, well, you just may be wasting your time. In the worst case, if your goal is physical improvement, by doing those push-ups, you're stealing time, energy from uh, superior tools. The push-up or the floor dip to old schoolers was originally used as an introductory exercise for the untrained. And then it was abandoned once the athlete graduated from sedentary rookie status. So keep that in mind. This was an introductory. Once you go, oh, you got that down. You're pretty good. You don't need this sort of thing. It's kind of like what we do now when we see push-ups from the knees, a.k.a. people call them girls push-ups, which is really not uh, uh, the way to go because there's lots of girls do great uh, push-up form. I mean, the standard push-up form. So. But we know whenever we're able to do that, we bump up from the knees into the toes and then go on. And then we think, hey, great. But the thing is, we stopped using that uh, rationale on the standard push-up. We think, hey, you're doing good on those. And we just say, do more. We don't say that with the girl push-ups. We don't say, yeah, stay on your knees forever, man. Uh, but anyway, in case you're unconvinced about uh, standard push-ups, let's look at this another way. I currently weigh in at 170 pounds. If I were to say to you, guess what, guys? I can bench press 110 pounds. Now, you might think that's an odd lowball brag and question my presumed bona fides as a guy who works out now and then. I mean, you might be going, well, how many times are we talking? Once, twice? You know, even you know, 50 times 110 pounds should be well within the range. I mean, the kind of sort of standard bench press for reps used by box training type modalities, where they can CrossFits and so on, is around 135 pounds. This is usually considered an endurance type bench. Uh, 225 pounds get closer to uh, a workout we're talking about pushing power. And of course, this is far away from what we're talking about. We're doing about, uh, 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 you know, one rep maxes and such. But anyway, my 110-pound bench seems meager next to those 135 and 225-pound numbers, right? So after I brag that I can bench, uh, bench 110 pounds handily, now, if you were my trainer, would you advise me? Great job, Mark. 110 pounds, that's awesome. Stick to that weight and never try and move up, man, Okay. Or would you say, well, that's good. All right, let's see if we can add a plate or two next time in that bar and see what she wrote. I would wager most of you advise more plates. All right. Now, why did I pick on that 100 pounds? 
All right. Well, because that is 65% of my body weight. It's actually 110.5 would be that. But, you know, 110, you know, that's uh, close enough to 65% for government work. Data from 2002 research to the topic by M. Duffy and V.N. Zatsiorski found that 65% of body weight is the most load one can shift onto the chest if performing the movement with strict optimum form and cadence poor form and fast cadence reduce the load even further so keep in mind we're talking about 65 percent it's the max we can give if we're busting this like absolute perfectionist and going super slow so my 110 pound bench becomes even lighter with poor form and added speed uh, if we're not doing this with right cadence and form it's essentially me doing any kind of like you know bursting through them whatever it's like i draw i went from my uh my toes to my knees and switched to the girls push up or whatever making the exercise easier the old schoolers and the data back up uh this information that once we can do the floor dip properly 65 percent of body weight is where that number is gonna stick progress is no longer made we are simply maintaining this is simply homeostasis i know i had a few good people you know i've, I've got this far look at this uh, i look pretty good with the push-ups i didn't say you didn't whenever people mention these things i'm just pointing out if our job is progression sticking with the push-up at that 65 percent, you just can't beat it that's just how the physics works man you're not gonna get it anymore they go okay and then some people are gonna think well i'm gonna adjust my hands around and uh, and reps let's get into that now you can say but mark you can make the exercise harder by moving your hands and feet around and that fixes this 65 percent problem right well keep in mind perceived difficulty does not always translate to the intended goal let's presume we're using a florida push-up as a chest conditioner all right now some realize that elevating the feet makes the exercise harder it does you throw your feet out of there in the weight bench on top of your kitchen a counter oh that's 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 much harder exercise right it's not harder because it adds more than 65 percent of your body weight to the load but rather because it shifts that load to emphasize an alternate less robust muscle group in the case of elevated push-ups we now emphasize the front delts shifting the focus from the chest conditioner we intended to be uh, working on all right so this is no argument against elevation for the front delt work again though know, there are better choices for front delts but if the intention is the chest boom we just pretty much scrubbed out man we're done 65 cent is uh, 65 percent is still uh, the break point all right just because you go well i elevated it's harder but you're no longer working on the thing that you thought you were working on you're working on something else Ta-da! elevated feet harder yes but it is no longer the same exercise now we can bench more than we can strict overhead press right the overhead press is perceived to be harder than the bench because the movement plane is focused on a less robust muscle group but no one mistakes it for being a substitute exercise for the same goal as the bench press it's just different planes of motion and it's the same thing we're getting when we're moving through these elevations or start moving our hands around we're playing with different planes and all this and it doesn't necessarily emphasize and hit what we intend to hit all right, so you might be thinking now, all right, so the hands moving around on all this, we're shifting the loads and we're doing different things, planes with less robust muscle groups, and uh, we might be f- tricking or fooling ourselves with per- uh, perceived effort. And you might say, okay, I hear you, Mark, but I can always add more reps, right? That's the smart way to do it. Well, more, sure. We can ask that of any exercise. We can do far more of anything. But let's say I run the mile comfortably in eight minutes. That ain't a hoss pace, but let's say I can do that. And that's my humble brag now. And I am now, am I wiser? If you, you're my trainer, would you advise me? Oh, you run eight miles, uh, a mile in eight minutes? Great. Now run two miles at eight minutes. And continue to add mile after mile after mile at this eight-minute pace? Or is it smarter to say, hey, why don't you run faster? 
over that same distance, whatever. It's intensity over addition is how things are built. Addition, uh, you might be thinking, well, this is endurance work. When we keep adding reps to things, this gets us into catabolism. And if we're not using any anabolic steroids or any uh, supplements and such, catabolism is actually going to be tearing down what we're intending to uh, build. So in other words, adding things, we eat the very gains we desire. All right? So intensity over addition, addition just eats up for time, eats up games. That is a catabolic state. A side note, just because I use running as an example, I don't run. I just do not. Haven't for years now. Warrior walk for cardio only. No ifs, ands, or buts. Again, see our warrior walking material based on old school stuff and indigenous warfare, early combination, man. It's the bomb, man. It works. All right, here's another no-no. Uh, higher reps in regard to the push-up. Often more is uh, people do push-ups. It's really no longer a push-up, but a gymnastic quasi-bounce uh, exercise that relies on kinetic energy that bypasses the peak contraction principle, which is the very aspect we need to foster growth. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes people will say, let's do 50 push-ups. You see this little spring thing going on right there. Even if people go all the way down and get the, you know, bounce that chest off the bottom there, well, that's no longer a muscular reaction. Again, that kinetic energy is moving us past these stick points, these peak contraction principles. If you're wanting to build something, you've got to be able to control every uh, phase of the exercise, particularly at the points where in their so-called weak spots, the whole portion. The, with the, uh, the old school has thought you want to do the entire plane, but particularly the parts where it's tough, which should be the very bottom deep portion of it. We know most exercises from the squat to a bench press or whatever. Once we get past the midpoint, we go, oh, that, that looks great. That's one of my... Many people take wider grips and stuff, so they really don't have to drop as far on a bench or a squat. They're just trying to get, let's reduce the amount of distance we're traveling. In other words, to reach higher numbers, we often adopt a speedier technique that provides us with less rewards. And if we simply stuck to a mere 10 reps, then did those with super strict form and super slow, slow, slow cadence. So in other words, you're saying, I can do, I'm going to do 150 push-ups. I would say if you took, uh, you're going to be better served by taking 10 push-ups and maybe turning those into one minute per rep uh, for your kids. Uh, again, that's one way to kind of hack into it, but still, yeah, we're not busting 65%, but if we're doing the bouncing push-ups at 150, you're doing way less than that 65%. Yes, there will be perceived uh, uh, fatigue going on there, but you could have, it really, it's not a strength building form anyway, and you could have put different fatigue. You could have actually trained the sport. We could have actually put in some round of the bags, the pads. We could roll on the mat. Uh, we can have done all sorts of things if our uh, intention is strength or progress. This just ain't going to do it. And a few great questions. Uh, some people ask, well, what about burpees? And well, first, I want to say burpees are not push-ups. It's, it's intended by even the inventor, Royal Burpee. He's, even how we many people are doing it now with these high numbers, it's not the intention of what the burpee was for. And let alone, we say, even if there's a push-up in the portion of it, it's usually this bypass portion here, which is not having uh, chest principles. So the burpee is a wonderful exercise. Perhaps another day we'll you know, break down more on that as far as if you're seeing this as the uh, chest building analogy or correlate. It just ain't there. It just uh, doesn't really fit into this concentration. But some of the uh, uh, questions, what about banded push-ups or weighted push-ups to increase this? Now, that's a good question. The thing is with the banded push-up, yeah, the thing is, uh, it starts at whenever we wrap the band around quickly, it bypasses the peak uh, concentration principle because it does not become perceived harder to earn the top portion of the push-up. And the top portion of the push-up is the exact area where we're already kind of sort of strong, where old school thought says, I need, mo I need constant perceived effort at the very deep holes of it and all the way through the motion, but the band does not allow us to have that 
evilness at the very beginning of the motion. So I say it's kind of not what you need to want to do. And when we get to the idea of weight vest, I know this is very attractive and alluring, and I fell prey to this hell for a decade myself. When we way back when we were doing gladiator conditioning, how do you make it harder? You threw on the weight vest. I now think that was a complete uh, mistake. No go. Old schoolers would have also thought the same things. Let's go back to our 65%. If I wanted to think that, oh, I want to do uh, push-ups, so I want to make this harder, and I'm, uh, I know my body weight 170, that's going to be 110 pounds, so I thought, well, I have to throw in a weight vest of 60 pounds to even make, if I stood on the scale to go, all right, now I finally made this, brought this into uh, a tune with what the body weight is. But even 60 pounds, that's not really it, because you can keep in mind my feet are in the floor eating up some of that load. So this has to be a 60-plus pound vest to get me close to something uh, i think we all know what it's like just to you know try and throw in a good 25 or 30 pounder right there just to bring this thing to where you're going to go i'm going to get more load on the chest there's just smarter things and wiser things and easier things to do than that and let on the fact once we throw on any kind of weighted material the, the the old schoolers are really big on the fact that don't do weighted version i mean weight vest versions don't throw in the hand weight to shadow box definitely no go uh don't throw on the, the the weights on your ankles to run and stuff and science backs this up now as wonderful stuff starting the 70s moving forward and i can't believe it's really not thought of and discussed more and we'll discuss more of it here but positive negative and indifferent transfer uh Whenever we're throwing on a weight vest, we're actually moving into what's called indifferent transfer. We're actually screwing up a neural, uh, a neural chain here that we're going to groove improperly. And we'll go into greater detail uh, uh, at another time. But I think the main thing against the weight vest is the fact you're going to have to load so heavy and so awkwardly and so inconveniently to make this workout for you. You're going to have to take all your uh, calisthenics, find out what the non-weighted uh, percentage load that you're actually working on, then find a vest that brings these in line and do all this. By the time you do this load and unload a vest for every single exercise and variation, you could have done this with some other uh, leverage tools and with the addition of uh, some actual free weights that are around you. Anyway, that kind of covers some of those questions there, which were T-Riff. Now, let's go back. Why does the push-up persist? I mean, it's ubiquitous. We see it everywhere, right? Well, I'm going to wager it's a cultural artifact of the twist of economic factors. The, the push-up, to, to perform a push-up, it requires no gear. Well, they're easy to learn, easy to offer in a fitness class or a boot camp structure. They have military cachet. They go, look, they know I'm a boot camp. Well, of course they do. They're just, you know, trying to burn up people. Often they're uh, military trained boot camp training is playing to the lowest common denominator. It's not all hosses who walk in there. It's not people who already seals who show up. It's, uh, you know, regular folks, regular Joes walking around. We're bringing, trying to bring it up to a particular level to get through. Boot camps are not necessarily to wash out. It's uh, washing out as a rarity. They want more people to stick around. It's not till you get over, you know, all the special forces where things are really, really tough. Boot camp, sure, I'm not saying it ain't tough, but I'm saying it's not devised to wash out. It's trying to bring up to kind of a standard, and the standard is not necessarily, you know, a world class. It's just better than everyone else walking around, all right? Now, we can impress ourselves with high numbers, but that don't make them the best choice. Hell, Old schoolers and the science tell us that the push-up's not even a good choice for any athlete. Once you can knock out 25 or so with strict form and measured cadence. Now, you can stick with them the rest of your life if you want. If you're perfectly happy with that level of development, I'm not arguing out of it. But if your goal is to progress in some form with that chest development or even having an endurance factor there, it's just not the way to go. Remember, 65% of your body weight is the best this exercise is going to get. 65% is a failing grade in academic studies. 
Well, likely that grade holds here. There are better tools. Not all require weight. Some do. Some of the 65% boundary can be bypassed via some old school wisdom. Wisdom that allows us to make gains and not spin our wheels with an exercise that outgrows its utility two weeks into training. Yeah, I'm talking about there's many out there, but we focus on those in uh, our unleaded conditioning programs. For more information on those, see ExtremeSelfProtection.com. We'll throw the link on there. And likely, there's you've got other uh, ideas there. But let you know, this is how deep in the weeds and the holes these old schoolers thought. And that's what we're doing here. We want to have the most accurate information when it comes to old school rough and tumble combat, condi- uh, co- uh, combat and old school conditioning. We want it accurate. We want it viciously verified. Exp- I mean, back it up with the science and make Make sure we can do it. We can make some astonishing progress, even at the old man age of 57, just by going, what does the old school wisdom say? Can we find science to back it or bust it? And right here, the science seems to bust the push up being of any value. But this was already known over 150 years ago. Anyway, uh, have a look at the resources of your intrigue uh, crew. Take care of yourselves. And if you're doing push-ups, yeah, you might want to think of something else. Well, if you dig what we just discussed today, uh, I'd like to invite you to like and subscribe to the podcast. Hell, support it if you want. I'm not your dad. Do what you want. And if you're a glutton for punishment, uh, just visit our website, ExtremeSelfProtection.com. You'll find links to the blog, all of our products, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more pages if you like music. Mm-hmm.